Uh, good morning, and my name is Gary O'Connor. I'm the CEO and president of Manetta Gold Inc. We're a gold exploration company based in Toronto. Our focus is the Timmins area. We have a major project, the Tower Gold Project and the Timmins Gold Camp. I'm a geologist. I'm a veteran of the industry, 38 years of international experience, working on many large development projects around the world. And we've just released our PEA study on the Tower Gold project, had excellent results, and we're really happy to be able to, you know, to present those to our stakeholders and, and all those interested. Gary, thanks for joining us. Appreciate that. Like, first time we've met or spoken, um, and I think what we'll try and do here is because you've kind of got some good news in the sense of the, this PEA numbers are, are, are quite attractive. Maybe give us the headline numbers there, and then what I might do is kind of sort of backfill it and um, the story by trying to understand where you've come from and how you've got here, and then maybe we'll move on to what, what you're doing next. So, when you give us those headline PEA numbers, and I'll, and I'll uh, go from there. Yes, I know. Excellent. Thanks. The the PEA showed a a very robust, uh, sound gold project. It has an NPV of, of 1.07 billion uh, Canadian dollars, an IRR of 31.7 percent. And this is all done at a U.S. gold price of $1,600. The project shows 261,000 ounces production for the first 11 years. It's a combination of both open pit and uh, underground uh, operations. The, the average grade for those first 11 years is 1.3 grams per ton. Um, fast payback, we do a 2.6 year payback and it has an annual cash flow of over $100 million and just under $2 billion life of mine cash flow. And yet, only $119 million market cap. So I guess people are waiting to sort of see what the economics look like. So you, you pleased with the economics? Yes, we are. We're, it's very robust. Um, it's something we can manage. The initial capital is only $517 million Canadian. We, we schedule the project such that m many of the large cattle, cat capital items come in over the course of the project. They're not up front. It's something we can fund something we can raise the money for. We, we have the ability to do that. And it has a size which is, is you know, is going to be very attractive to, to investors. It was, it's very, it's very attractive by investors. I, I, I think you mean um, strategic investors or uh, industry uh, partners. So, uh, you know, plus 250,000 ounces a year is, is very attractive indeed. But are you mine builders? Are you operators yourselves? Or are you setting this up for someone to kind of walk in and take over using their balance sheet? Well, we've actually put a team together that can deliver this project. Uh, Jerry Rogers is a, a veteran. He's, he's of my era. He's built and operated mines. He's our, all around the world. He's our VP uh, projects. Jason Dankowski has just joined us. We, uh, Vince Deschamps is the Director of Sustainability and Jason McIntosh is our CFO. So we actually have a team together. We, we feel we can put this into, into production. We can build it and we can develop it and then operate it with the, of course we will need more you know key some more key appointees as we move forward but we have the foundation and it's a very good foundation right you, you, i know you're setting up to build it but there's this kind of um, competitive tension game that's played where you've got to look like you're going to to be able to attract some someone to come in and, and, and take you out so it, is a is a, a realistic assumption that you will get into production that's what you would advise your your shareholders to let you do Yes, we would. We, we feel we can do it. But we're, but look, we're a, we're a public company. We're subject to the market and it is possible that someone could take us out. There's been a significant amount of M&A activities in our area. Um, you know, everything from 
Newmont acquired Gold Corp. Um, recently, Agnico Eagle bought, acquired Kirkland Lake Gold. Kirkland Lake Gold had previously acquired St. Andrews. There's been, you know, a lot of M&A activity. So there's every likely that that may happen. But with the way we have to approach it, anything is to to move ahead like we can do it ourselves and we feel we can. And subsequently, that's why we put together a project that we can we can fund, we can build, and we can develop. So, we're, and it's of a size that is going to be of interest to, you know, to to many investors. Well, absolutely. So, here's the thing: with the kind of economic climate as it is, we've seen companies after company put out um, economic studies where the you know the the number the capex numbers are being blown out of the water because the. You know, Inflation is driving that um, access to you know good good stuff. Being able to hire people, quite frankly, is driving that. Lots of reasons it's going up, and people are resistant to put out economic studies. So I guess uh, two questions. It's a two-parter, Gary. Uh, first is we tempted to delay the putting out the PEA, and secondly, given that kind of um, economic inflationary background, are you tempted? Would you not be more tempted to make it someone else's? problem as it were and just work your way through the phases and and uh, let someone else's balance sheet take that hit look our role here in this company is to add value to our to the shareholders and stakeholders our role is to and by doing that you know it is to move the project forward we did you know we looked hard at the inflation issues we're having recently however we think we've covered those you know if we would put this project out six months ago a year ago it would have been you know, at a lower capital cost, we probably would have built the project differently. Um, but we approached it in, in a manner that we took into account inflation. There's contingencies there. We use a conservative gold price. Um, the project is still very robust down to $1,300 gold where, you know, we don't see any real major risk here in moving it forward. And by de-risking it and moving it forward, we add value to our to our stakeholders, and that's really our job here. So to to delay things would have just really delayed some key milestones in, in developing and moving the project forward. We are a public company. We're listed on the, the main board of the TXS, TSX, so we are subject to the whims of the market. So it, it is possible that someone does does acquire us. Look, there's been a lot of M&A activity in the camp, everything from Newmont acquiring Gold Corp to... Kirkland Lake being acquired by Agnico Eagle, who previously, um, you know, Kirkland Lake had acquired Detour and prior to that, St. Andrews Goldfield. So this is an area, you know, it's a great location. It's in a great jurisdiction. So it's a, it's a sought after, you know, area to have a major project. We've now put that major project together and moving it forward. Our team is able to deliver it. Um, we we have the basis there, we have the skill set, and we will add to that team. But we're prepared to put this project into production. We can now fund it. We've we've developed a project here that we can fund ourselves. So we we do not need you know to be taken out or acquired. However, however that may happen, I you know we can't make any promises there. Right. Okay. But but just just on the specific component about do do you think the PEA gives enough confidence given the economic backdrop that the numbers won't start you know the numbers won't start being affected in the sense that we've seen you know in, in the market lots of um, very marginal projects just you know really really struggle in, in in that background do you feel that where you're at with the i know these are pea plus or minus 30 percent um 
it, it, it's, a, it's a tough one until probably you get through the next study, uh, study phase. But do you feel confident enough about what you're seeing with the ore body in terms of um, your ability to extract the value from it? Yes, we, we used a large engineering firm who has an up-to-date database. They are currently building a number of projects, not only in Canada, but around the world. So they have a very good feel of where the costs are. You know, we went away from using a smaller boutique uh, engineering firm. We use an actual engineering firm that does EPCM contract work. It's it's done probably the only fixed price contract in in Canada in the last 20, 30 years. So this is a group that can deliver, it can build. We did take into account, you know, the inflation that hasn't occurred. We feel we've covered it for the current time. The project is robust, so at even much significantly lower gold prices, down to, you know, $1,200, $1,300, the project is still, you know, robust and can be built. So we think we've covered those, you know, possible cost increases. And we have a project here that is flexible enough in its, in its development that we could, you know, easily make more changes to, you know, to cover any possible increases. Remember, we're operating at $910 cash cost. You know, it's 1073 all in sustaining costs. We've shown we can easily pay back our capital 2.6 years. So, you know, there's a lot of robustness in this project, which is, is a result of all the hard work our team put into in, in putting the project together. Okay, well, let's, let's look at this. I think you would argue a slight disconnect because, like, okay, sub 200 million. For, for what you, the numbers you were talking about, the production, the payback period, the ASIC, uh, it, it, you know, there's, there's probably a slight, slight disconnect, you, you'd argue, because when you put the PEA out, albeit only a couple of days ago, not much of a reaction in the marketplace. Was that a case of question of they're expecting more, or is it just a risk off out there? I think we just created a liquidity event. You know, the gold market at the moment is struggling a little in the way of equities. The price is still quite robust. We're over $1,700 gold. That's significantly higher than we did our base case at. So, you know, the, the majors and mid-tiers are cash flowing well at the moment. They're all cashed up. So $1,700 gold from a operating viewpoint is very good. Somehow the market, there's a little disconnect. It's all because of, you know, we know there's wars going on in the world. There's inflation. So there's a there's a lot of uncertainty. There's a f people are flocking to US dollars. Um, but... From a gold viewpoint, you know, this is this an environment which is going to be good for gold. Inflation is generally good for gold, and we'll see that probably kick in as we move forward. And we've got a project here now that's extremely robust, something we can fund, and we don't see a lot of downside risk here for the company. Okay, so because what I'm trying to work out is, is there something I'm missing here? Is there, has there been issues with metallurgy? Has, has there been issues with the project in any way should perform before i mean historically no there hasn't met, met, metallurgically it's it's very good actually all the sediment hosted gold high carbonate content low sulfide it, it's environmentally very very sound no deleterious elements no no acid rock generation we used a conservative recovery rate um, we see good recoveries we don't have to find grind um, we're, remember, we're located in a great location immediately adjacent to a major highway. We're only 100 kilometers east of a major gold mining camp, Timmins. That is Canada's largest, most prolific gold mining camp. So we see that we have location, jurisdiction, and I think it's just part of the overall market that there's upside here for the potential investors to, to gain by investing in us. And we see this as a good opportunity to, you know, to get the story out. Is there, is there kind of Cats 22 going on here, Gary? Because people are looking at your CapEx and going, well, actually, in relation to your your your, your market cap, 
Um, that's pretty punchy. Um, so they're not investing. Whereas if we can drive your share price up, that ratio gets smaller in, in, in a way, it, it, it seems. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it, it, you're, you're in a tricky position. But what, what do you do about that? You know, how do you people, what, what, what do you think people need? I'm talking, I'm talking about retail or family offices, not, not industry, okay? Not, not some mid-tiers or, or majors looking at this, looking to you know, um, get their reserve numbers up. But what, what should retail and family offices be looking at when they look at your project and thinking? I think they just look at the basic underlying valuation where, you know, it's we've got a nearly a $1.1 billion um, project here. This is It's very good upfront capital. It's something we can fund. There's lots of upside here for investors. And remember, in, in just the last three years, we've gone from being, a you know, a $30 million company to a $200 million company. And so, you know, there's still plenty of runway here for us to, to add, you know, at a 50% discount to our, you know, the the NPV of the project, you know, we're looking at, you know, nearly $600 million. So that's a th- three times what our current valuation is. Okay, well, but it seems to me, and again, based on questions sent in, et cetera, and obviously looking at many of these things myself every day, um, the, the, you say we can easily fund this. So, so tell me how that breaks down with, with a company like yours from, from the starting base of where you are today. Why is it easy to fund? Ah, there is the ability to, you know, to, to debt, to mezzanine, there's gold loans. We have no royalties on the majority of our ounces. There's, there's lots of ways we can, we can fund this. We can go to the market equity. We can bring it a strategic. This is not a, you know, the, these are not big hurdles for the, for the company. We've just raised a significant amount of money recently for our current pre-feasibility study work, which we're now embarked on. So, we're well on the way to doing a lot, some of the drilling for that pre-feasibility. We've completed over 60,000 meters. So yeah, we're moving this project forward and we have the, we've shown the ability to be able to fund it and we don't see any issue in doing that moving, you know, in the future as well. Right, so you, you did the, it's almost like you did the the raise sort of back, back to front. Wouldn't you have been expected to put out the PEA Bathed in in the glory or, and, and sunshine of of how people uh, reacted to that, and then raised money at at a, at a you know better valuations, less diluted. So, do you think do you think that people are saying, well, maybe we suspect there might be something wrong with the PA because you raised raised the money before? Um, the, the original plan was to raise the money after the PA. Um, as you've seen in, in the market, there's been a number of PAs and PFSs put out this week, and you've seen mixed reactions to those. Sometimes the the market you know, doesn't doesn't always react well to them. We put a large resource update out earlier in the year in May. Generally, the market re- reacts well to the resource update. We put that out. We had a good reaction. Um, so when when there was a, a board deal funding presented to us, it was at very good, attractive terms. It was on a charity throw, flow through basis, which gave a big premium. Um, we took the money then because there's no guarantee when we put the PEA out that the share price would go up. And yesterday we came off slightly. There's a bit of a liquidity event. People sold into it, but we've now shown that, you know, a significant upside valuation for the company. So we think that'll be corrected. So, you know, in, in this industry, when when there is a good deal brought to you, it usually makes sense to take it. So we did, and it enabled us to continue drilling, you know, to do our PFS drilling. This is all, again, all about de-risking. It's about upgrading the the category of the resources. It's about moving into the pre-feasibility study, which we're now doing, and we'll continue to do that. We've got a lot more work to do. There's hydrological studies to do. There's 
you know, geotechnical work, more metallurgical test work. There's a lot of, um, you know, technical studies. We've also got, of course, the environmental impact baseline work going on, the community engagement. So we wanted to keep all of that going. And we had some very good investors wanting to invest, large U.S. Um, precious metals funds who currently, you know, who previously were not shareholders. They, they invested and they saw the upside here. And we now want, you know, we want to get that message out to the, you know, to the retail audience and to the market that so that they can also see the upside that these these large precious metal funds also saw. Right. And, and if I look at um, some of the conversations I've been having in the past couple of weeks, and I, I think one that springs to mind is the um, Asino, uh, one of the Ross Beattie's investments, um, where they put out a PFS market went, so what? And they made the decision and said, well, if that, if that kind of news is not going to get the market going at the moment, we're kind of downing tools. We're going to stop drilling. Um, we're going to move to desktop studies. And, you know, that's, that's it until the market actually starts behaving the way we can predict. You, on the other hand, have raised a bunch of money. So I guess, and flow through it, that. So there's an expectation that you're going to have to get on with it. Is that the case? That's correct. We've, we've continued to drill. We've continued to do the resource Infill drilling, we, we're, we, this is all part of the pre-feasibility, converting the inferred to, you know, measured and indicated. So we're, we're continue, continuing to do that. We're doing continuing the baseline. We'll continue some of these you know, these key studies as part of the uh, pre-feasibility study. Look, the market, you know, the gold price is good. The environment for gold is good. The, yes, the market's a little fickle at the moment, but it, it, it'll, it can change and it can change quickly and we will be ready for that. We'll be in a good position to, to benefit from that. We've shown the great valuation we have here, you know, high NPV, a good IRR, fast payback, uh, good good uh, operating costs, all in sustaining costs. So we, we see ourselves as being poised to, you know, benefit when the market does turn. So I don't think we can, we're in a position really to want to wait and down tools. There's, you know, there's value to be added here for our shareholders and stakeholders, and we've got the team in place to do that now. So, so we're going to push ahead. Well, okay, well given the size of the resource and, and that, that you, you put out previously, in terms of the all categories, it's big. It's, it's it's big enough. So, for you, the best bang for your buck, the most efficient way to spend your money is on the infill drilling. At this stage, yes. To to complete a pre-feasibility, we cannot use inferred. Um, we have to use measured and indicated. And we actually have a significant amount of upside in, the, in our current, you know, it's our PEA mineable resource. We have areas within the pits that have not been drilled out. They're currently deemed to be waste. So we, we are drilling those out. There's areas in the pits that uh, have high grades that have been are open in certain directions. We're drilling the extensions of those, again, to get the grade up. We're going to target the underground. Remember, in this PEA study, we hope we only have the 10 years of full production underground. We're looking to extend that because the underground provides us um, high-grade ounces. And we're able to mine those bulk tonnage underground means, long-haul open stoping. So that provides good, uh, good cheap ounces at a low you know, production cost. And it brings up the average grade. Our per unit cost is uh, benefits significantly. So we're, we're going to target these all of these areas in regards to adding more value as part of our PFS, and that will actually add more value to to our current baseline, you know, uh, PEA that was put out. So the, the significant upside here to to add value. I should also mention by expanding the production from underground, we, we will add significantly to the to the current uh, project valuation. The more high grade we put through, so that's going to be a key a key 
item we're going to focus on. Remember, we only have production out of Westaway and Southwest at this at this stage. We do have underground resources from other projects, other uh, deposits. Sorry, notably, you know, the Garcon area at Garrison. Um, we also have the ability to to look at doing an expansion. You know. We, we could look at expanding once we've paid off capital, we could make the project larger. But at this stage, you know, we're, we're going to be looking at a number of other key areas of, you know, of reducing capital. There's, there's, there's the site optimization that can be done. There's the, there's the issue of using, you know, dry stack tails uh, rather than building a tailings management facility up front. So there's a number of uh, other ways we can add, you know, reduce capital and add value to the project. Right. And, and just in terms of, um, I, I've forgotten about the O3 um, connection here. Do they, do they have a board seat or, or not? Yes, they do. They have two board seats. So O3 does own a 24% of the company. Um, they've been very supportive and, uh, and they've been very good shareholders. And they're looking, you know, to the long-term, you know, development of the project for for them, that's key. We're adding, we've added a lot of ounces to their portfolio and we've added significant value to them as well. So they, they've been very happy. Right. They're, they're very happy in the sense that they're, they're not, you would not consider them for one second as an overhang to this. And people, you say, should people view them as an, a potential overhang or, as you say, supportive uh, shareholder? Yeah, they should look at them as supportive shareholders. Look, Jose said a number of times that. You know, they're, they're in the business of adding, you know, precious metal ounces, gold ounces for their shareholders just by having that strategic uh, invest, investment in us. They've done that, you know, um, in, in, in loads and spades, you know, they've really added a lot of, you know, ounces to their shareholders and value. So we'll continue to do that for them. And they've been very happy the way it's, 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 it's been going ahead. Right. And, and with regards to, again, your institutional, the rest of the institutional shareholders, of, of which there are many, 40% of your, your share register is, is institutional. Um, are you under any pressure from them to perform a, a certain way? Because, again, people tend to sort of uh, flip-flop around their, their preferred strategy when times get tough, or are they happy with the plan that you've got and the strategy that you've got to deliver that plan? Yes, we feel they're, they're very happy with the strategy we've got. Remember, we've got most of, most of North America's largest, you know, precious metals, gold funds are our shareholders in us. They look long-term. These are people that are not looking to, you know, to, to do day trades. They're looking long-term. They're looking at the big picture. They see a major gold project here in North America in an excellent jurisdiction key location you know it's a great location we're right beside the highway in a well-developed mining camp you know very skilled workforce all within driving distance operating mines all around us so they see this has been a project that's going to be well sought after and be well backed so they they can see how we've managed to grow it how we've increased our value as i mentioned we've gone from a 30 million market cap to 200 just million market cap and you know just in two three short years and when they see that we have had the right strategy in moving forward. We've now put a PEA, which has delivered on that strategy. It's something we can build and, and has significant value to our shareholders and significant upside. And it's something that we can expand on, you know, if, should, should the need be. But at this stage, we've, the development strategy is, is a stage one. You know, we start some high-grade open pits. These are in areas that have already been mined. There's already open pits there. So these are brownfield areas that have been historically mined. Low strip ratio, outcropping, we start there with good grade. We develop the underground. That brings in more 
high grade and lowers our per unit cost and we move forward and we have a very good strategy of then you know developing the golden highway pits after the garrison ones and then continuing to you know mine underground and as mentioned we're looking to expand that underground resource we have significant you know intercepts and historical drilling that show there's a significant upside in the rest of the camp and adjacent to our current resources and we also have the ability to expand, you know, the throughput, you know, expand the plant. And we'll look at that as we move forward. That, that way the project can grow and add significantly more value. But um, we feel it's very robust and and our and, and our corporate, uh, sorry, our institutional shareholders have been very supportive of the way we've moved forward. Many of them came back in on the recent raise. They increased their positions. We brought in new large, you know, gold investment funds out of the US. They, they liked our strategy. We went through it in detail. And so they're there for the long term. They're not, you know, none have been selling off. They've been adding to their positions. And so they're, they're very happy and we're happy to have them as shareholders. Right. And when you look at the market now, like even producers have been hammered. Right? You know, everyone's feeling the effects. Even producers are being throwing off cash, are getting hammered, some down 50%. It's, it's you know, going, going from, you know, billion dollar companies down to $500 million companies off the back of sentiment in, in the marketplace. Does that again affect or, 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 or drive your thinking about the speed to market? Big is better, uh, you know, it's, it's, I'm just trying to work out in your in, with the conversations at board, how agile you are or how aggressive you are or what your intent is and how you react to market conditions um, like these. Yes, you're right. The, the market is very fickle at the moment. People are looking for opportunities to, to, to move into cash, you know, to sell any equities. So even well, good performing companies, if there's something that provides a liquidity event, and we think that happened, you know, when we put the PEA out, there was good selling into that. People are looking for, you know, rush to cash. But, but the market is very fickle. It can come back very quickly. Gold is still at a good price. The conditions are a good price, you know. However, we we are very we do keep an eye on it. Look, we could have we could have put together a, plant, a project three times the size. So you know you'd be looking at something, you know, two billion dollar capex up front. We could have had everything front ended, so we could have been at two three billion dollars starting everything from day one and having big initial capital. But we didn't think the market is there for that. The, the development costs of that are significantly more. So we put together a project that really optimized throughput it optimized our the reduction in capital and it staged the capital and development such that we can fund it and we don't need you know big capital requirements up front you know in the current market um in, inflation is you know is, is is a major issue and we have to keep an eye on the capital costs so we feel we've done that with with our development strategy and and showing you know it's over a, it's over a billion dollar npv 37% uh, over 30 31% uh, IRR and uh, you know and a 2.6 year payback so and, and a good cash cost so these are all good you know good sound basis to move the project forward and as mentioned we've got we do have significant ways we can add value on on the current project just with some of this infill drilling some of the optimization um, and development of you know the more underground and development of more High grade ounces at surface, as well as filling those pits, reducing the strip ratio, and adding more ounces into the the current mine plan. Well, look, Gary, look, I, look, I appreciate it. this is the first time we, like I said, we met or spoken, and the first time I've heard this story, other than you know, in passing, um, from Jose at uh, O3, he seemed quite 
quite pleased with what you, you guys have done over the past um, two years. So it's, it's about time you came on. So that, that, that's good news. Um, so, sounds no, like thank a, you. Thank well, you've you got know. a lot more on your plate. You've, you've got some money to do it with. So like, stay in touch and let us know how you get on, okay? No, excellent. We'll see. That, that's my point before. So you hadn't heard of us. So that's this is something we have to address. We we need to get that word out. And and so obviously we're a head, hidden gem there for investors. And we'll get the word out to more investors and to the market. And we, we need to get that buy-in as we have in the past and continue to add value to all our stakeholders. So, yes, yeah, so thank you.